the Circling Wizardry Podcast, a show about circling for circlers. In each episode, I'll be talking with teachers and practitioners who are bringing circling into the world. If you're not familiar with circling, I encourage you to hit pause and Google what is circling before you continue. I'm your host and founder of the School of Circling Wizardry, Josh Stein. Learn more about me at circlingwizardry.com about. Today, I'm talking to Jordan Allen. Jordan is the head of Circling Europe in the Americas, the founder of Circling Austin, and the creator of circleanywhere.com, the first platform to make circling accessible globally online. I met Jordan in 2014 as a fellow co-facilitator for the first Toronto Circling Immersion. I actually didn't like him at first, but over the years he's become one of my most trusted friends. In part one of this interview, Jordan and I wax philosophical about the essence of circling and the experience of being unapologetically ourselves. I think I'm called to go with my my quote default question, which is either what is your relationship with circling or what comes up for you when I ask you that? <laughs> yeah, circling and I are, are very intimate. Mm. <laughs> I do sometimes, when you say it that way, like what's your relationship with circling? I do think of circling sometimes as a, like a lineage as an almost as an entity like mm. that you can relate with and, and commune with and it's yeah it's beautiful because the practice of circling seems to be this like relational experience that that honors how we're, we're constantly making each other up so i feel like the best circling leadership is making up circling and being made up by it like as it's happening can you say what you mean by we're constantly making each other up? Yeah, yeah. So, like, I was going to say one thing, and then now you've asked a different question, and so I'm saying something else. <laughs> and it, it's like, it may sound really silly because it's like, oh, cool, I've just changed my awareness. But, like, but when I look at, like, what I actually am, it's pretty transitory, and it's pretty impactable. And it just seems like the more aware of that kind of transitory nature and that impactability I become, like the more I allow it and like the more free I am in a, in a weird way. It's so weird. I've been seeing so much like freedom coming with limitation or like, yeah. Cause I realize like in some ways how little I, I control, but it mm. gives me so much freedom. Mm. It seems like that excites you. <laughs> It's really been exciting me. Well, come, come back to this answer, because I don't think you answered my question, but I like what you said anyway. <laughs> but what do you mean by we're making each other up? Like you talked about the transitory nature of relationship and, and who each of us are, but what, what do you mean to say that in circling we're, we're constantly making each other up? Mm. Oh. I'm just looking right now because I can go into my theory or I can try to go into my experience or like try to relate to this ambiguous audience that like, I don't know yet. Mm. And none of that's helping me answer the question. So. 
<laughs> it seemed like it was really clear when you first said it. Yeah, it, f- it feels really clear to me. Like it feels super clear to me that, like, like, a, like a one way to think of it would be that, like, who am I? Like, when I look at I, what am I referring to? And by definition, there's a default or a boundary around like me and not me. Mm-hmm. So like I'm made up as much by the not me as the me. Mm. Like by definition. Mm-hmm. So like that's a, like the simplest, it's very technical, but way I think to explain how like I'm being made up by what isn't me as much as I am by what is. So when you say we're constantly making each other up, in some way you're, you're referring to an idea that I'm not, I don't, I don't get it. And I'll, I really want to get this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like how much you smile when I, when I offer you this challenge. Yeah. It's exciting. Cause it, it matters so much to me. Mm, yeah. Yeah. It matters so much. Cause it, it's like, there's a, there's a, like, I think sometimes I think of it developmentally, like, uh, well, Actually, I want to avoid that because there can be an arrogance in that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm like, okay if you be a little bit arrogant. <laughs> that's good because it's probably unavoidable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> but, okay, so th- we come to recognize like our capacity to define our own reality and our own – like we were just talking about this before we hit record of like mm-hmm. – how much our, even our sense of problems are, are made up by our resistance to what is versus our acceptance of what mm-hmm, is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it's like such a powerful thing to, to be the master of your own destiny and recognize like how much like, oh, I'm, I'm conditioned by my culture and now I can choose not to be or I can choose against all these unconscious habits I've, I've built. And that's so powerful, but it's also a trap in my experience, like it's a trap in this kind of individuality, which I don't think is true. And it's a, it's a way I think for us to like avoid the sense of, of how vulnerable we are to influence from others. Mm. And it's cause it's really hard when you're just learning to be self defining and self confident and self authoring to face that vulnerability, like, and, and to hold the paradox of like, yeah, actually I can, it's because of how well I've held my own sense of who I am, my own yeah. boundaries that I can open to the truth of how much others are, are impacting me or yeah. changing, are changing me. Yeah. I think that's what I'm understanding when I look at it as, um, it's harder for me to understand from the perspective that I'm making you up, but easier for me to understand from the perspective that you're, that I am made up of partially, I'm at least partially made up by how you see me and how mm. you, and how I see you see me. Yeah. Right. So yeah, a very simple example would be like, we've all had the experience of someone of like being really angry at someone. And then suddenly they share something that changes our understanding of what they did. And, and the anger just evaporates. Mm. Like we couldn't even hold on to it if we tried, like we often mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. 
And so that's a, a good example of like my, my understanding of you, just what you said, like my understanding of you and the way I, I thought you saw me like created this anger. And then suddenly like you show me something that was there all along. Maybe you didn't even know it, but, but it's, you're revealing something to me about your being that, and then boom, I'm different. Like that anger was making me up, even if it was like being witnessed, even if it was like, I knew it was a story, like I couldn't avoid it. Like I I could repress it maybe. And then suddenly I'm different because of you in in a very small Mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Does that make more sense? It does. Yeah. And, And so one of the first things you said, I don't remember your exact words, but it sounded like you were saying, well, in circling, we're making each other up. Do you mean, do you mean that there's something about circling that is, um, for lack of a better word, creative like that? Or are you saying, cause what comes to me actually is that when I'm not circling, I'm actually doing that more when I'm not circling. I'm like, I'm relating to you as my perceptions of you. Mm. Um, and when I'm circling, I'm relating to you and to me as uh, um more from a place of looking for for what's more true right yeah i think it's always the case mm-hmm. like circling or not like this kind of being made up by each other like that um, is a function of relationship i think it's a function of being mm-hmm. like at, at a i mean we like if we wanted to throw an integral theory it we'd say, you know, that there's a fundamental in the, in the manifest realm or in the world of duality, you can't have a single without a plural. Like it's just unavoidable to be in a social existence. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So I think that kind of being made up by that, that, yeah. And that, God, I, I don't know why I want to get so philosophical, but and I'm, I'm like, oh, yeah. God. But it reminds me of the, like, there's, like, so I know you love Keegan's subject-object theory. Mm-hmm. There's another way that I've heard, like, Ken Wilbert talk about it or Alfred North Whitehead talk about it, which is, like, the the present moment is the new subject which holds the object of the past. Hmm. Hmm. So it's always this kind of creative advance into novelty or that includes what's come and, and transcends it. Like every single moment is new in that way. And again, I find this terrifying and exciting because it's like, oh God, like where do I rest? And you can't rest in this like idea of how reality is or should be. And you can't rest in who you thought you were. Like if you have any rest, it's in the process. It's in the in the the becoming or in the the movement it's like you rest in the flow rather than in the yeah it's almost i'm almost hearing that if i try and lean on any sense of reality or identity or i just i just i have this image of this um conveyor belt or something like carrying things into the past (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's like if I if I if I lean on something, any sense of something that is now past, um, I'm being carried away with it, and it's right. not stable or steady or something. 
but neither like the present moment is constantly advancing forward. Yeah. And I can look at it as advancing forward or I could look at it as actually what I'm just aware of right now. Right. But like having not, it almost like it sounds like you're saying like not having ideas, conceptions to, to give me some sense of security, but to actually just experience moment by moment, the, what is becoming here. Yeah. And inclusive of the ideas, but not constrained by them. Like, I do think we can, like, moment to moment experience. Like, I, I, I feel like I think everyone has had these kind of states of, of flow of like just dumb joy. And like, you're just like, like, you're just like, holy crap. Like, you're looking at the ocean or you're making love or you're holding a baby and you, or you're look, you're smelling a flower and you're just like just awestruck. Maybe you're listening to this podcast and suddenly like the words don't matter so much, but like there's this, this energy of just like uh, raw experience. And I can't remember how we got here. <laughs> Somehow this has to do with circles. (laughs) I was just going to ask. It seems like on a felt level, I can feel it. Um, Especially knowing how you, how you like to circle. Um, It feels very congruent. Mm. Yeah. So like the, I remember the relation. So it's like, okay, this is a funny thing. So I'm like, yeah, now it's congruent. And that moment to moment experience, like will always include what's come. Like it has to by yeah. definition. Yeah. And so that's, that's the thing of like, so what we're talking about is this being made up by relationship and how circling, like it's always happening. Like it, we're talking about this metaphysical level of how it's always happening and it being cir- circling. No, the being made up by relationship. Okay. But it seems like circling is really just an invitation to awareness of that, of relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's a set of practices and a body of knowledge of how we can become more aware of that and stabilize that awareness. And there's something magical that happens with awareness that just by becoming aware of something, uh, it changes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it, like even though we're holding this perfection of this moment as it is, like. It's like, yeah, maybe it's because we're, we're advancing into something new in every moment. Like there's a fork and there's either the like the acceptance fork or the like non-acceptance fork. And the awareness like almost, it's like always brings that acceptance fork or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it reminds me of something that Crystal didn't say, but she got from someone else. Something like this moment has already been accepted. Mm. What's here? What's here and what has come has already been accepted. I think it's Jeff Foster or Matt Licata or someone. Mm-hmm. And it's just, to me, it's just so simple. It's like, yeah. it's here. And putting my awareness, like, it's, I can't, I can't change it if it's already here. I can, you know, I can, in the future, I can do something about it. But in this moment, it's just what's here. Like, when you say, like, there's something about awareness that just seems to go in the direction of acceptance. Yeah. Does that 
Does that resonate with what you're saying? Yeah, it's beautifully said. Um, it feels like it opens my awareness even more to mm. that that uh, simple truth, I guess. Yeah, it's, it reminds me of like life seems to be the biggest yes to everything. Yeah. By nature of just existing, <laughs> in a way. Yeah. <laughs> Something redundant or paradoxical about that. Because or... <laughs> <laughs> it includes so much no, but like, <laughs> but yeah, and so I guess practically what happens is like in this, I, I don't know why, we could probably go into it, but a lot of people have the experience of not being aware that like the present is already accepted. Mm. And so we, we tend to want to fight it mm-hmm. and resist it mm-hmm. and, and push it away from our, our awareness or our feelings state. And circling is just like, um, I mean, you could think of it two ways. I think you could think of it as like getting help from your friends or from strangers to become more in alignment with that. Yes. That's already here. And then the other is like recognizing again that like that your friends or your strangers like are are part of that truth of what's here. And that it's like again that we we aren't ever really alone. Mm. It seems like the more we practice that that recognition and get that help, the more kind of in alignment we get with that already accepted. Um, experience and then life just is richer reminds me of a story I just read about some monk what it is is like yeah that it could be easy to take that to mean you have to like like surrender is somehow passive or this already acceptance means that you just have to give in to what's here it reminds me of this parable that like, you know, this monk is meditating every day and he comes out in the evening and his master like whacks him on the back with a stick really hard every single day. And for like years this happens. And finally the monk is like, if you hit me one more time with that stick, I'm going to kill you to his master. And the master's like, ah, finally your training is done. (laughs) Oh man, um, what is uh, what, what's your interpretation of that? That the the in a way that the monk was say like wasn't in a surrender or an acceptance or going with the flow because the flow that was actually arising in him was like I don't want to get hit by this stick, mm-hmm. and he had to get rid of this conception of enlightenment or or spirituality as being yeah. passive yeah. or yeah. Yeah. I've been sitting with this idea recently in my model of circling. It's something I actually got from my experience with circling Europe. Mm. This idea of, of following where you're naturally drawn. And I've been, I've been thinking about it recently as like, how do I know what to follow and what not to follow? And it seems to me in circling, but also sort of in life as I learn to become more 
intuitively led. There's -hmm. something about closure and opening that the things that I'm learning to follow less are are the places where I close or Mm. the places where I'm like trying to get away from this moment. Mm. And the places where I'm learning to follow are, and where I'm naturally drawn actually, so it might be enough to just say follow where you're naturally drawn, but are those places where I open, where something in my chest or something in my body or something in my awareness just opens like inspiration or curiosity or relaxation, relief. That the, um, there's something about when you talk about like not being passive, like if I'm going mm-hmm. to guide myself in some way, if I'm not just going to be a bump on a bump on a log, what am I going to do? I wonder what you think or feel about this idea of leading yourself from from this sort of expanding or I, I don't know what to call it this opening versus closing. I love it, and. I actually get curious, like, what is it that you, like, what's the experience? Like, we got a taste of it, that relief, but like, I'm like, there's something that's really meaningful or rich to you about being open, being opened. Um, There's, okay, what I really like about it, one is that it's just easier. Mm. It's so much easier when I'm leading myself not from where I think I should be going, yeah. But from what actually feels good. <laughs> it's easier, it feels good, and there's a there's a freedom that comes from that. Even though I don't know where I'm going to end up as mm. much as I thought I did before. Mm. Like when I let go of that what I'm thinking of right now is an illusion of control, an illusion of certainty. Yeah. Um, it, life becomes more of an adventure, more yeah. of a mystery, more of a, like, I'm more awake and alive moment by moment. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah, you feel that. Yeah. Yeah. What happens for you as I say that? I just feel that in me and it, it, uh, it's exciting. feels like purposeful but in a in an inclusive way seems like it had a nerve in a good way yeah one of my passions i think in circling is or that draws me to circling It's about like just the the experience of being us and how much we live on those shoulds like you were talking about. And that's all right. Like that's part of growing up. And it's, I think, healthy developmentally to like go through a should stage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then there's this, there's this other way of being where it's like, the shoulds are included, but but transcended, and it's like you really just get to be you, like completely yeah. as you are, like unapologetically, calmly, 
Jordan. Yeah. And it seems like a lot of practices or spiritualities or self-development modalities like really encourage people to learn new things and become different and acquire new skills that like are cool but sometimes like well often put on this sense of you're not actually enough right now Mm -hmm. you're not okay as you Mm -hmm. are you don't already have the knowledge that you need to live a good life and like circling's the exact opposite in a way it's like hey everything is great your utter devastation is great yeah and part of that greatness includes a stripping away of everything you thought you needed stripping to be away. yeah it's funny for me as i as i grow it's funny I use the word grow even. I can so relate with that, that idea that in my growth, it's been more of a stripping away than an adding on. Mm. And that where I become, what, what, what it leads me to is neither, um, becoming a different person, like, like changing such that I am um, new and improved, neither is it in the stripping away, is it um, a detraction from who I am? But actually, it's like in the stripping away of the, I don't know, the illusions, stripping yeah. away of my illusions, I become more more myself. Yeah. And there's this way in which each time I strip something away, and I see what this quote new thing is that I see, it's not new at all. It's like I recognize it as, oh, this was here all along and I didn't even know it. Yeah, and it's exciting to, tr- like, when I think of training leaders, which is a lot of what I do, like, it's very exciting to me to be like, the, the way I'm training you to be is actually like uh, just yourself. <laughs> Thanks for listening to part one of my conversation with Jordan Allen. Tune in next time as Jordan lets us in on his training philosophy and his excitement about bringing circling principles to the world of marketing. Learn more about Jordan at circlingeurope.com and check me out at circlingwizardry.com and join the Circling Wizardry Facebook group to take part in one of my upcoming free trainings.